0: Take a deep breath and close your eyes. Imagine you're a farmer who has just tended to his crops the day before. You come to see a strange pattern, closely resembling that of a Juliuset fractal coming from your field. It seems to be made from the flattening of your crops as they come to form this most peculiar of patterns. Perplexed and perhaps even terrified, you come to form some conclusions as to their formation including alien activity, paranormal weather conditions, or perhaps even a superior animal race. You come to term this phenomenon as crop circles, and the cause of their formation has continued to be a hot topic of debate within the field of seriology, that is, the study of the formation of crop circles. Later on, you find that there has been an epidemic of these crop circle formations, most predominantly in South England, where you first discovered them. As remarkable as this may seem, this was what happened to seriologist Colin Andrews, having found a crop circle formation in his farm in Gloucestershire in 1974. While this was not the first record of such patterns appearing from the flattening of crops, Andrews' discovery was regarded as paramount, being the first in a set of crop circle formations from the 1970s all the way to the present day. As a matter of fact, the first documented crop circle formation, which is defined as an area of crops flattened into a pattern, most typically that of a fractal, dates back all the way to 1678, when a Hertfordshire news pamphlet, titled The Mowing Devil, tells of a strange pattern appearing from a farmer's crops after the devil reportedly mowed his farm. While science and the research process have continued to advance, it is clear to say that this is not the same for the field of seriology, with people still coming up with the same conspiracy theories as to their formation from over 300 years ago. But why is this? In this podcast, I will look at the application of the scientific method with regards to the formation and discovery of crop circles. However, in order to make this decision, we first have to look at the causes of crop circles. In general, the formation of crop circles is nothing more than a simple prank, with two self-professed pranksters, Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, admitting that they were the ones responsible for starting the crop circle epidemic. They took their inspiration from the Queensland 1966 UFO accounts, confessing to have made over 200 crop circles since the late 1970s all the way to 1991. The more recent crop circles, however, in the numbers of 800, spanning across all six continents, have not been attributed to Bower and Chorley, but their formation has also been documented as man-made, most likely being formed by groups of similar pranksters. Despite this, there have still emerged conspiracy theories as to the formation of crop circles. Most predominantly are three main theories, each with their own fan base. The first is paranormal meteorological activity, following the idea that whirlwinds or perhaps even so-called electromagnetic hydrodynamic plasma vortices were the cause of crop circles, the flattening of them being as a result of extreme internal pressure. The second concerns ufological activity whereby it is believed that the formation of crop circles is as a result of extraterrestrial presence within Earth. Lastly, there is the Geomagnetic Theory, proposed by Colin Andrews himself, who stated that, whilst 80% of crop circles were man-made, the remaining, less elaborate crop circles, were formed as a result of a 3-degree shift in Earth's magnetic field. The geomagnetic shift electrically charged the crops, causing them to flatten in the shape of a circle. And so, from these conclusions, we can say that the general explanations as to the formations of crop circles, mainly amongst seriologists and conspiracists, is an example of poor use of the scientific method. In these cases, hypotheses were made without significant research in the seriology topic area, And conclusions were formed despite inadequate scientific testing and data analysis. Additionally, most of these conspiracies follow the correlation causation problem, whereby an observed, most often incorrect, association between an event and the formation of crop circles leads people to falsely identify a causality between the two. Take the paranormal meteorological crop circle theory, for example. This is an example of the correlation causation problem, where an observed influx in the strength and frequency of hurricanes and whirlwinds in southern England led seriologists to draw the conclusion that there was an associated causality between high whirlwind activity and the formation of crop circles, namely that hurricanes caused crop circles. However, this method of causal analysis has been heavily criticized as it involves little experimentation and testing of crop circle formations and their causal link to hurricanes. Hence, it's an example of the poor use of the scientific method in explaining the formation of crop circles. Another problem that most of these theories contain is that of limited verification, where tests on the formation of crop circles are not repeated or are only repeated minimally. This follows the typical problem of not repeating a scientific experiment and as such, not replicating these same results. Take for example the idea that animal activity, specifically the idea that Australian wallabies in the island of Tasmania were found to produce crop circles in fields of opium poppies, having consumed some of the opiate-laden poppies and running round in circles. Though the theory may indeed be true, a lack of repetition and testing mean that this conclusion lacks the significant scientific and experimental support to be verified, and hence its results cannot be replicated. As such, this is another example of the poor application of the scientific method in explaining the formation of crop circles. From these examples, we can conclude that the emergence of conspiracy theories as to the discovery of crop circles is a poor use of the scientific method, where little background research, experimentation, causal analysis, repetition and data analysis took place. That being said, amongst the scientific community, the explanations for the emergence of crop circles, namely that they were man-made, is an example of a good use of the scientific method. Here, researchers, including famous crop circle researcher Jeremy Northcote, completed thorough experimentation on crop circle causes, coming to the conclusion that they were man-made. The experiments were also repeated and the results replicated, adding a further sense of validity to their testing. Hence, we can conclude that the scientific idea that crop circles are a man-made phenomenon, is an example of good application of the scientific method. As this podcast comes to an end, we should identify both the good and the poor use of the scientific method in explaining the formation of crop circles. On one side, you have crop circle conspiracy theories that lack the significant scientific testing and background data research to be identified as true. Hence, these theories are examples of the poor application of the scientific method. On the other side, you have the conclusion that most, if not all, crop circles are man-made, which, through the application of the research process, can be verified and repeated. As such, this is an example as to the good use of the scientific method. Ultimately, crop circles are too broad an idea with the interpretations as to their causes, to opposing such that we can come to one unified final judgment as to whether their formation is an example of a good or poor use of the scientific method. Instead, we should come together and remark at the amazing feat, man-made or otherwise, that cropped circles are, and keep on wondering and testing through the application of the scientific method as to their formation.